Welcome to Tech Bytes, a 15-minute podcast that gives you a quick but comprehensive look at products and technologies in the real world. Our sponsor today is Silver Peak, and we're going to talk about the business and security benefits of going with SD-WAN. Our guest is Tori Adams. He is Director of Information at JUB Engineering. Tori, welcome to the show. Can you give us a little background about what you do with JUB Engineering? Yeah, I'm Tori Adams. I've been in the industry for a little over 20 years now. been with JUB Engineers since 2002. Um, JB Engineers is a civil engineering company. Mm-hmm. We're kind of stretched across seven states uh, throughout the West here, surrounding the kind of Idaho area, if you will. Okay. We sound this kind of surround the seven states around that area. We have 19 offices across all of those seven states. Okay, so I can see why SD-WAN is going to play a role here. Uh, and and yeah. for civil engineering, you're talking about things like bridges, roads, water, infrastructure? Yeah, we're... we're kind of unique as in we'd kind of stretch the entire gamut of everything civil, if you will, from, you know, airports to designing roads, bridges. We deal with traffic lights, uh, water, wastewater. You basically name just about every asset of civil and you kind of can tie JEB engineers to do that. So, you know, large chunks of data, large data sets. Lots of people, <laughs> lots, of people lots of projects. I mean, the interesting yep. part about that sort of civil engineering is you use computers for obviously for project management and business management, but also you've got a lot of data flying around for mapping and CAD as well. Correct. That is correct. Yeah. Very mm, large well. data sets. So. so seven states, 19 offices. Why SD-WAN then? What problems were you trying to solve? So we were kind of old school before. We were uh, doing it the way everybody else used to do it, right? We were uh, <laughs> MPLS links throughout all of the different offices. Mm-hmm. Uh, JUB's cultures are a little unique, as in our owners, if you will, and, and uh, we're an employee-owned company, but uh, have this concept of if you can provide some sort of business case that you can be in, in a specific geographical area and you know be able to make a business case for that, they'll open an office up there uh, in okay. that location. You know, that, that sounds great for everybody, but an IT person, right? Because that <laughs> means you might be going into areas that don't have great coverage or great, you know, bandwidth options, right. if right. you will. So that's where MPLS became a pain point for us, obviously, because you're one provider, you're dealing with whatever, you know, pricing they can get in those areas that they may not be in. So they're you, you know, had a choice out. of one price, right? Yeah, exactly. choice of one provider and one price. So you, you know, <laughs> really good purchasing power, totally in control of the situation. Right. You put routers on the end of it. You never had enough bandwidth, and you were forever playing around with quas. I'll bet. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And you know, never never lived up to the service level agreements that you're promised, even out of you know the small, tiny little mm. pipes that they would give you. Yeah. Well, was it what were you buying? Like ten megs or something? So that we're stressed. It kind of depended on on the area. You know, some mm. of the areas we're you know spending upwards of you know twenty five hundred bucks a month for like a four meg connection, which just sounds absolutely ridiculous. Wow. But that's kind of what you deal with with MPLS yeah. when you're in areas. This is one of this is one of those provide. moments where you get was why does it work at home but it doesn't work in the office? Like <laughs> you go home and you can get like a hundred megs for fifty bucks a month or hundred bucks a month and they come into the office and go like, I'm paying how much? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's one of those ones, isn't it? So so what drove you to SD WAN? How did you find SD WAN and then start moving down the path of thinking, hmm, gotta get me some SD WAN? Well, started hearing, you know, rumors or going out and doing some research, uh, hearing other AEC firms, if you will, taking the venture down, you know, the Meraki path, which is, you want to call it SD-WAN, but at the time it was kind of 
getting there, but well, not necessarily estimating. It's a simple low risk. The Meraki yep. one is a simple low risk platform. It delivers some value, but it has, you know, it doesn't really take you all the way. I don't think. Correct. Correct. But mm. just it just didn't wasn't a good fit. And then so we started, mm. you know, I started reading some, you know, articles on SD WAN. I started looking at the major players that were kind of in that SD WAN because the overall concept was extremely intriguing, right? Where we have these mm. MPLS mm. links, we'd love to just completely ditch MPLS altogether, uh, stop letting the uh, provider dictate what kind of speeds and, and what we pay per location and, and kind of, you know, reap in on the benefits of that while, you know, taking advantage of the performance of being able to do, you know, direct direct internet access links and be able to incorporate in, in our secondary connections that really were just not secondary connections because we really didn't have a great way of tying those mm-hmm. in. So you were really, it sounds to me like unusually, you were fairly hostile towards MPLS right from the start. You really felt that having a traditional network was a, a pain. It was something that was wrong. It was broken. A lot of people say to me, oh, but I've got to have my MPLS because it's safe and it's proven. And yeah. I've always looked at it and gone like, no, it's a it's a chain hanging around my neck. It's, the, it's so decrepit and odd. You really felt like there had to be something better out there. Right, right. And, and we weren't due to, you know, some outages over the over the years that we've we had MPLS, it wasn't like we were getting the service level agreements from a performance perspective, or mm-hmm. even a reliability perspective. At times, you know, you, you have an MPLS one single provider have issues, and of those at the time, sixteen offices. If you mm-hmm. have half of those go down, and your reliance on those offices is being able to talk to each other. I suppose that regional, there's a regional aspect here. A lot of parts of regional USA do have poor telecoms infrastructure and you might have just been stuck in a bad area, yep. but that doesn't mean, you know, you can move the company to somewhere where it's got good bandwidth either. So right, I, right. Guess, I guess the real question here is um, how did you end up deciding on Silver Peak? How did you get through the process of deciding to go for SD-WAN, which sounded like it was pretty straightforward? Yeah, so we whittled out some of the bigger names, you know, since we very quickly whittled out Cisco's IWAN because it didn't it didn't feel like what we were looking for. We whittled all you know all the big players down to really three. So we mm-hmm. whittled whittled it down to Silver Peak, Vectella, and VeloCloud, mm-hmm. and we went into a proof of concept with all three of those vendors. And without trashing the other vendors too much, they weren't able to achieve some of the the restraints that we needed for the proof of concept because we needed to actually see that it was going to work. And we had this, we had the fun of that most people have with MPLS providers that, you know, you have the auto renewing areas and we had these kind of disjoined contracts, if you will, that were kind of spread all over. So we had, you know, three or three or four that were expiring in, you know, whatever year. And then, two or three a year after that and so on and so forth. So you had to be able to keep your MPLS essentially mesh up while also transitioning at the same time. So you had to essentially support both mechanisms. Correct. We had to be running kind of this hybrid mode, if you will, because it's a ton of money you're dropping into some of these <laughs> locations. And So so that, that sounds, on the face of it, that sounds hard, right? Because a lot of people would say, oh, you can't have half an MPLS and half an SD-WAN or have this gradual rollout. And they get very frightened of that. Did you find that painful? Did you were you able to do it yourself? Did you have to go and bring in experts? You know, fly them in from the moon at vast sums of money, or did you just do it yourself? Uh, ironically, um, the other two providers weren't able to achieve that, so that was mm. that quickly kind of marked them off 
their proof of concepts didn't go very well mm. because of that. Mm. Um, they said they said they could do all of that. One of the providers mm. wanted us to re-IP our entire network. Um, uh, <laughs> others obviously didn't understand what MPLS meant because they're like, "Oh, we just need to change. We just need you to change these routes on your routers." Like, mm. Do you not understand what MPLS means? They manage our routers. <laughs> you know, this is <laughs> it's like, have you ever went and talked to a service provider and have and asked them to change their routing? Uh, yeah, that's, not, <laughs> it ain't that's like uh, we'll get back to you in six weeks with a quote, and it'll take three months to yeah. So, so you really were able to just do that, and did you do it yourself, or did you out get and bring a partner in? Yeah, so Silver Peak uh, during the proof of concept, they were we were able to just work with the sales engineer. Uh, we we had the hybrid deployment up and going, you know, with very little effort, uh, and we were working in a hybrid environment. <laughs> I mean, almost okay. less than you know a day or so. I was like, holy cow! This is, not only did I think this was, you guys were full of it, you know, and yeah. you actually you actually did it. So it was kind of cool. Okay. So were you able to get out to all of your locations at once or nearly at once? Yeah. So so. All we had at the time was our MPLS link, and then every one of our locations had some sort of broadband or DSL or what have you, you know, secondary connection that we ended up bringing into those locations. And then we were able to do just the testing based on that. And we had very, you know, positive results and with performance, you know, slightly better than what we were seeing with MPLS. But what do you expect, right? You're, you're using MPLS yeah. and just adding that broadband piece to it. Yeah. I guess the good side here is you were able to get um, benefits right from the day one. You still had the right. MPLS, you bonded in the broadband, it just instantly got better. So, and it sounds like you had very little pain getting it deployed. So it sounded like you were sort of winning all the way. And then right. today you don't use MPLS at all. How long did it take you to make that transition? So those are based on the, the staggered contracts. Fortunately, we had a couple of those coming up that year. So we were able oh. to kind of see that kind of right out of the gate, oh. if you will, because we're able to start getting those DIA circuits in place. And at that point, you're really starting to test that, okay, can you guys really do this hybrid deployment? Because you're, you're, there's that piece of you, you know, as an IT person where you're like, I really don't want to turn off this MPLS link because yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to do, right? Because yeah, it's funny how we don't trust our vendors, isn't it? But we do, you know, or we say we do, but we actually don't. But I guess sounds to me like it was pretty straightforward. You didn't have to bring in outside experts. You were able to do it yourself, which I think is great, by the way. But what about business outcomes? Because I was reading in the in the show notes that we prepped up for, you've really, the way the, the, the network works has really transformed the way the business works. Correct. So before we were, we were doing, like I mentioned before, kind of the, the old school way of doing things in the AEC field where we had MPLS links. We were using um, WAN op from... Mm -hmm. Uh, riverbed at the time and okay. just trying to squeeze every ounce of that that turnip out and it just there's only so much you can do when you're dealing with two to ten meg pipes you know <laughs> there's only so much of a turnip you can really squeeze bleed yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> yes so that, yes did people notice productivity gains workers employees oh first yeah def definitely and this was one of those kind of easier things if you will as a as an it director because you're going into it and, and you're saying, hey, not only, I don't have to use funny numbers, if you will, on my ROI, right? Mm -hmm. I'm coming in and I'm saying, okay, right now we got a six meg connection in this location. I'm gonna throw in a hundred meg DIA connection. 
And oh, by the way, that's going to be about thousand bucks less a month at this location, or fifteen hundred bucks less each location. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, sure. There's this overall investment for the Silver Peak hardware and and the, and the maintenance costs. But take a look at this ROI. You know, we're we're basically breaking even, and then from there on out, uh, mm-hmm. saving about 150k per year. You know, after after that ROI finished, which is which was like. Incredible, like less than three years, you know, we yeah. show that it's, ROI. Well, I guess because they were maintaining your routers as well as the MPLS circuits and everything Correct. there was, you know, on cost, on top of cost, on top of cost and maintenance fees and service charges and all that sort of stuff. What about, um, I, I noticed in the in the document, in the user story that you created, that you've actually moved uh, all of your storage and file access into a central office because now you've got enough bandwidth, I assume. Correct. That that was one of our driving pieces uh, for SD-WAN, if you will. But we've always had this kind of concept of, hey, we 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 our, our company doesn't obviously understand, or it's not really easily understood if you go out to an employee and say the wide area network, because most people are going you know, to glass over their eyes and they're like, what in the heck is that, right? So we coined the term. Civil engineers, if you can't hit it or dig it or or concrete it, it's generally not very interesting. To <laughs> so our, our, we coined it as, as the long hallway is what we call it. So if you ever hear me, you know, uh, say the long hallway versus wide area network, you'll know what mm. I'm talking about. But Ah, okay. That's your metaphor for the WAN, a long hallway. Correct. Long hallway, yeah. Okay, so you essentially built a long hallway for file and storage. Correct, and and we were disjoined before, right? We every single location had its own file server. Mm. Each location worked off of its local file file server. Um, one of our mottos as a company per se is is that we act like a small company, but we're a large company, right? So we can go throw in an office in in a, in a La Grande, Oregon, or what have you. That's a, a smaller area, but give you you know, the service that you would expect from like a large organization because we're using the resources and the talent from those larger offices to kind of, you know, help uh, those local areas. And so it almost seems counterintuitive that if I'm used to local file access and now you're taking it away and putting it in a different physical location, yet you, even with SD-WAN, I'm still getting the same kind of performance that I would get from a local file server? Yeah, because we, we're using a caching technology, a central caching yeah. technology that that's able to kind of cache. All, we, in essence, have turned all of those local file servers into caching servers, and um, everything is stored back at the data center now. And, and we're just using a DFS namespace and this this other vendor's technology to kind of take advantage of that. That would have never been achievable without SD-WAN, right? You're, there's there's no way uh, from a performance perspective. You know, setting IPSLAs and all of that in, into place, and, and taking advantage of Silver Peak's overlays and underlays to be able to, you know, prioritize that traffic and and get the most out of those links and the added benefit of the bandwidth that we increase. There's just no way we'd have been able to do it before without, you know, moving in the direction of SD WAN and kind of taking advantage of, of kind of some of the key features that. Silver Peak has given us. Now, one more thing before we wrap, I just wanted to mention uh, Zscaler also plays a role in your deployments, and that's also tied into SD WAN. How are they working together? Correct. So, before we we're once again traditional before, right? So, SD, we had our, our MPLS links, and then we backhauled all of our uh, external traffic out of headquarters, uh, which always was a pain, right? If headquarters goes down, then nobody has internet access, you know, all the pains that go along with that. But 
when we were going through it, we're like, okay, we really want to take advantage of, of having these DIA links and taking advantage of the performance, especially with the cloud, you know, drive and initiatives that will be coming, you know, in the future. And just overall access to a lot of these external products, whether it be, you know, Bentley's project wise or, or, or what have you that, that, you know, we're going out to access data. Like an Office 365. Mm-hmm. Office 365. I want to be able to take advantage of all that because around the same time we migrated from on-prem exchange up to you know exchange uh, 365 so we're wanting to really take advantage of that but at the same hand we're like holy cow now do we got now do i gotta go throw polos or whatever in every single one of our branch locations and there went that <laughs> there goes that your roi <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that, that's when we started you know uh, speaking with Zscaler and 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 the partnership that they had with with Silver Peak, and like, man, this you know this this really achieves what we're wanting to do without you know having to forklift in a bunch of, of firewalls at every one of these edge locations, and then have to maintain those, and then forklift them in again in ten years or what have you, or whatever the replacement at seven years, whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, Zscaler was kind of a just of a win-win scenario for us because we were able to you know achieve that firewall presence. Uh, at the edge location. So the uptake is you get edge security without having to roll out hardware at each edge. And at the same time, you can also take advantage more easily of the cloud because you know traffic's gonna be routed through like a Zscaler or another CASB to get access to those cloud services. And again, without having to roll out new hardware. Correct. Well, I think that wraps up today's Tech Byte. Uh, thank you, Tori, for joining us and for telling us what's going on. And we thank Silver Peak for being a valued sponsor. And we thank you, yes, you, for being a valued listener. If you like what you hear, you can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.